<laughs> no, no. We must get through this. We must get through this. Hold it together, man. Hold it together. I will hold it together, but this next is, week I am yes. going to be a mess. Yes, okay, but guys. Ne- next week, then, then we can, then we can. But for now, come on, power through. You can do this. You can do yeah, the opening, Jeff. I okay, believe you, in you. you, you want me to, I believe you. Want me to start over again. Okay, yeah, go, go right. for it. You got it. You got it. Hello. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. This is your last chance. <laughs> Hello, Internet dwellers, and welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library. Uh, yeah, just nice little glimpse into. Just what TC and I usually do, you know, off air too. That was a, that was a great glimpse. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Welcome back to the show, the podcast where we watch all these all the Disney Animation Studios live or the films, not the library, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then we rank them in order. We do a lot of fun stuff. You guys know yeah, what it is. Yeah, We're near yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of this. We're on the senior slump where apparently I've just given up trying to have a legit opening. <laughs> uh, we started I'm with just... Snow White, and we've made our way to the final movie in the library at the moment of this recording, which is Moana. Wait, yes. I'll let you introduce what movie we watched, so I won't say that. Yet. Oh. Well, well, we you can say who Snow you White are this week, and <laughs> what what's going on? I'm Jeff. Yeah, that's TC over there. And <laughs> as TC mentioned this week, which is funny because normally that's you can say that and you have said that, and it mm-hmm. doesn't spoil what movie we're watching for this week. But we've reached that point, guys. We've reached the end of the list. We are Number at 56, the yeah. end of the list. Number fifty-six, Moana. Mm-hmm. We've done it. It's it's crazy to think that we're at the end of this thing now. Again, yes, as we've said before, there you know there are sequels coming out. They you know obviously Wreck It Ralph two comes out later this November of 2018. Mm-hmm. Frozen yeah. two comes out in November of 2019, and there's a chance we'll come back and we'll you know we'll do a review after we watch those movies. We'll wait and see. Sure, but sure. for the time being, we're at the end of this list with this week's episode, and uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, obviously, because it's, it's taken a while for us to watch 56 movies. But uh, it's kind of nice to be here. And it's kind of happy. Yeah. And this is, uh, is going to be a fun episode. It's going to be fun. Not the final I'm... episode. Next week will no, no, be we'll, our we'll... final finale, yeah. finale wrap-up episode. Uh, we didn't want to group it all together because we didn't. A, it wouldn't have been fair for the finale or it wouldn't be fair for this movie. And it wouldn't be fair for you because it would be like a 12-hour episode. <laughs> no one wants to hear us talk <laughs> that long. Not that long. Um, not that long. But, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah, so it's Moana, TC. Moana, we're yeah, here. We're, and, we, uh, we've made it to this. So I I remember seeing this movie in theaters. This this came out what like a year and a half ago. I was gonna <laughs> right, say so Moana, it's, it's Moana came out November of 2016. Yeah, it's barely yeah. old. <laughs> so barely, did barely. you did you see this one in theaters? No. So I I did not okay. see this one in theaters. This one I waited for it to come out on like come out like on home video, um, and I I I didn't. No, I rented. I, yeah, I rented it, or I borrowed it from somebody. Um, mm-hmm. This time around, I watched it on Netflix. Because guys, Yay. guys, <laughs> we finally got one right. <laughs> finally, there was a movie that was streaming on Netflix that I was able to watch on Netflix, and they didn't pull it before I, I was, could watch it. I was almost certain that they would drop it on the first, and we would have to eat crow about it again. <laughs> I checked on the first. I checked last week. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, like last week Friday, like I just kept checking, like and be yeah. like, is it still there? Is it still there? Is, <laughs> did they pull it yet? Did they pull it yet? And I was super excited when I was able to sit down on my couch yesterday and watch the movie finally. <laughs> now, if I'm if I'm correct, you when this came out, you finally got around to watching it. You were no longer living with your nieces, correct? Which means you didn't have this. You weren't inundated by this like you were with Frozen or maybe some other Disney movies. Right, uh, because I am aware that not just some of our listeners, but uh, friends that I have as well, have seen this movie a number of times. I saw it in <laughs> theaters once, 
and I watched it again for this. So this is one of the rare movies where I haven't seen it a, a, a plethora of times. Okay. And uh, I, I did go in with some preconceived notions on this based on my initial feelings and the feelings I've developed over the past year or so that this movie's been out. Um, but uh, I going going into it when I initially went to see it, I was on board because Disney hadn't steered me wrong yet. <laughs> in the in its revival era, I had pretty much liked I'd liked Wreck It Ralph and Tangled and Frozen. I'd liked everything leading up to this, and and I felt like okay, I can trust Disney at this point, right? Um, and uh, and I and I enjoyed it the the first viewing of it. I really walked I walked out smiling. I felt like oh there we go that's that's the way you do it. And then I'm I'm getting this out in front. Oh please okay? do. I'm going to get this out now so that when we have this discussion, there's some context to, to where I'm at now versus where I've been. <laughs> how people feel about Frozen is how I started to feel about Moana. Really? And not maybe not as, uh, as venomous as some people feel about Frozen, but it had started reaching a point where I didn't quite get it why people love this movie so much. I didn't quite get why it was it was sticking the way that it had and i i don't want to have that mentality of like i just don't like it because people like it ah. mm-hmm. but it yeah, did serve I, I do not care for when people do that when it's just like, yeah it's it's yeah okay i won't get into so, it ah. <laughs> so it wasn't that it wasn't that necessarily but it did it i was starting to question why do people like this movie so much because i know mm-hmm. people who love this movie and and so I've been holding off watching it. Uh, I stayed at a friend's house who uh, who watched this movie multiple times while I was there because of their child. And yep. I did, it was everything in me to ignore it because <laughs> I, I wanted to sit down and watch it with my full attention uh, for this podcast specifically. So I've been putting off getting back to this. And now that I have, I have new feelings about it. Whether or not they reinforce the feelings I had going into it, TBD. But Jeff, I wonder how do you feel about this film? At least going back to rewatch it, and then we'll unravel from there. So it's funny. So this was much like yours. This was my second time of watching it. I watched it when, it, like, right after it first came out uh, on video, and then I watched it again yesterday. And I obviously like. I've, it's one of those where I think I've heard the songs from it more than I've ever. Well, no, I know that for I, I've heard the songs from this movie way more than I've ever actually seen this film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's it's one of those where I remember I remember watching it the first time around going, that was a really that was good. That was fun. Mm-hmm. You know, not being like overly enthusiastic about it, but also not being just like hating on it, like going, Oh, that was terrible. I found that I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed Zootopia mm-hmm. um coming out of it the first time. This time around it it was still enjoyable. Um and it definitely had moments in it where I, you know, laughed out loud and was like, oh, I like the writing of that. Or, oh, I like this moment. That's pretty good. I don't know if I liked it. I think I liked it a little less the second time, though, which is kind of interesting. And I'm, and I'm still I'm still trying okay. to unravel that. And potentially <laughs> that's kind of what this podcast is. If for This is what the conversation will be. Yeah. It's like, how do we he come to terms with some of our feelings? The chemistry, right. the Disney chemistry. The revival chemistry, the the all the checks check marks that they do to create their movies, uh, the Disney machine, worked better on Moana uh, than it did with Frozen, yep. because though I I do have that small bit of at least going into watch this have that small bit of 
do I like this movie? Do it, eh, that hesitation. There is not the frozen reaction to this movie. I don't know anyone who hates this movie uh, like people hate Frozen. Yeah. And I think that's because the calculated moving of all the pieces just worked better this time than it did on Frozen. Now, certainly we can we can open up to compare this to several other movies and we will. But I want to specifically speak of the of the the general reactions and the results of this movie. The the fact that they got Musker and Clements back. We're talking Great Mouse Detective, Little Mermaid, Hercules, Treasure Planet, and Princess and the Frog. Musker and Clements have returned. And Aladdin. Did I say Aladdin? How could no. I forget Aladdin? <laughs> How could you forget? How dare you? <laughs> so you get you get two of the most acclaimed directors in the library, right? Right. And right. then you get the Rock, and even in the worst of movies, you can bet The Rock is going to be good. <laughs> yeah, because somehow that man manages to take any role he's in now. Which, frankly, you could be like, "How you're going to narrow it down?" Because he does like 28 movies a month, uh, right? But he's <laughs> and a show and, and, and a show. Everywhere. Yeah, um, but he, he he almost in. I, it doesn't matter what the film has, what the film is, or how terrible the movie is. Every mm-hmm. movie I've seen him in, I've still been like, yeah, he was he was probably the best part about it. So you know, so like, very, <laughs> yeah, he's he's always charming. The man is yeah. charisma. He's a mountain of it. He is a demigod, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, so you have that. You have Musker Clones. You have Rock. You have the music of the most popular Broadway star currently, Lin Manuel Miranda. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, and I'm going even so. I'm going even further into the 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 mix the mixology that is this movie. There's no uh, villain that can be representative of a, any individual person or type of person. Right. Okay. And I think that's that will lend into some of the other conversations we're having about uh, some of the other movie references. Uh, it is timely in terms that it talks about climate change. And I know that's a very touchy liberal subject, but. <laughs> I'm afraid that's what this movie is about. <laughs> uh, it's got the princess of Moana. Um, it's got it, it follows the princess plots. Um, it checks. It just checked all the boxes off to to create this film. And I've said this before. That's fine. Have that checklist of what we need. The studio demands this, 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 and this. And right. then it is up to the creative team to meet all those check bar, like hit all those checks while injecting it with artistry and creativity and originality. And I feel that this movie succeeded, if only for the fact that they created a Polynesian trust so that this wasn't a Pocahontas problem all over again. <laughs> Look at that. Disney learning from its mistakes. <laughs> They're learning, right? And, and that's what that I said. <laughs> I had said after, I think it was probably Brother Bear that I said it, that just, just keep doing better. You got to do better, Disney. And yep. this is a perfect example of this. Is a aside from Alan Tudyk, Tudyk watch, voicing <laughs> Hey Hey, all the main cast are of Polynesian descent. Oh, uh, and Alan Tudyk as Hey Hey is the weirdest <laughs> possible <laughs> casting. Like, why, why, why did it have to be Alan Tudyk? Why because did it he had have to be because he needed to be in it? That's why. <laughs> and they just didn't know how to put him in the movie in any other way. So mm-hmm. we're gonna make you well, a chicken. Te- now, technically, he on. did voice the guy who said, "Can't we just cook and eat that thing?" He did voice two characters in this. <laughs> that is true. And, but I will. And, I, and, and honestly, even though he ba- he's almost only the chicken the entire time, that right. dang chicken is 
probably my favorite part of this movie. Oh, <laughs> Hey Hey's the best. I, I actually have a pin. When when Moana came out, they were giving out pins to of the characters when you bought tickets at the theater, and I was like, get me a Hey Hey pin. Hey Hey. Yeah. <laughs> I liked <laughs> Hey Oh, Hey Hey's such a weird... He's, he's one of those characters that... Uh, we've gotten a couple of them, like I feel like through this list, where... You can't quite explain it. He's not vital to the plot, but he's just there for... He's solely comic relief. That's the he, he only reason he's there. He serves his purpose at the very end when he saves the stone from dropping into the water when, when she's being chased by um, the, the lava monster. That's uh, that true. Hey, hey, saves the stone at the very last moment. So he does... Um, prove his worth at the very last second <laughs> <laughs> but like for the rest of the movie he is just a nuisance he's just he he's an idiot i don't know how that chicken has lived as long as it has already in this life well this, <laughs> it's it's actually this is an interesting thing because i i was thinking about the history of sidekicks that are that protagonists have had in disney movies you have timon and pumbaa you have lumiere and cogsworth you have a uh, carpet and a boo like there's always this the the essentially the smart one and the dumb one right, right. And on its at first glance, you would think the pig was going to be the the smart, precautious one. They're going to be flounder, and uh, and hey hey was going to be scuttle, right? Or right um, that the pig was going to be the smart one, and the and hey hey the rooster was going to be the dumb one. But the pig doesn't come along, so I was like, oh, that's an interesting mix mix of things here. But yes, that always, and that a, threw me for a loop too. Keep going, keep she, going. She she does have the smart sidekick to countermand the idiot sidekick, which is the ocean. The ocean is the smart sidekick who keeps her going. Um, that, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point, which that feels very much so the ocean feels very much so like uh, carp, magic carpet from Aladdin. Yes. Oh, in the certainly. sense that it's a silent, you know, yeah, okay. Yeah. Hey, Hey, doesn't actually talk, you know, he's not a talking animal. It's not this type of a film. Um, mm-hmm. Not until the crab later on, which is weird. But uh, the, hey, he's uh, he is in the underworld, so he's kind he, of a yeah. demon, <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh, but definitely, definitely, the water felt like the ocean felt like the magic carpet, the silent, mm-hmm. but you know, very fluid and kind of yeah, like you said, the smart one, very like. I picture him being like the like a street smart like wisecracking character if they actually spoke, but <laughs> right. they don't. And so he instead, certainly it's just did like, have. Hey. A- <laughs> His, he w- did have some wit and sarcasm to him for being. We'll talk about nonverbal characters in a moment, uh, because as far as sidekicks are concerned, when I was looking for <clears throat> the image to throw up for the Facebook page before we post, right, or before mm-hmm. we record, I noticed that some of the promotional material had the pig, Pau P A U, on the boat with Maui and Moana, and so then I was curious. Okay, was this a marketing decision? He is a he can't he's essentially a plush doll, right? So he is right. Well, in the initial stages of the script, the pig was going to go on the journey with Moana, and Musker and Clements looked at it and said, "I think we have too many sidekicks. We need let's get some ideas here." And this goes to the Tangled. This is the we've moved away from Lasseter's hand in guiding the the Disney Studio is now operating independent of him being the mm-hmm. guiding force because they've they've figured out how to run this machine and it and part of that is listening to everyone anyone has an idea if it's a valid idea let's hear it and so in the discussion of do we have too many sidekicks because we got maui we got the pig we got the we got the rooster we got the ocean um what can we do here and then someone suggested hey this hey hey character is written as mean and the pig is written as nice 
What if lose the pig and hey hey is stupid? <laughs> and this was a last minute decision. That's why there's so much promotional material with the pig that the suggestion was made. Musker and Clements laughed just at the mere thought of that, and they're like, "Okay, you have very little time to do this. This is why hey hey doesn't talk. <laughs> just make him stupid, and any bit you can come up with that we can use to further the story." and break up the the drama do it and that's how the ad that was the advent of hey hey the stupid rooster (laughs) you know and it's funny that there's a lot of there's stories like that that happen all the time and we've come across a couple of those too where like it was a last minute like this isn't working how do we fix it but we don't we can't spend a lot of time to 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 rethink this whole thing and it it's like oh it's just this and why was that like you sit there and you go, why didn't we think of that in the first place? Because <laughs> it's obviously that's the right direction to go. Hey, hey, is a great, stupid sidekick for a for a, a very strong uh, female character who, you know, Moana is definitely definitely doesn't fall in line with the with a lot of our like real old school princesses. Um, oh, no, no. She definitely has the more modern. You know, princess that we've seen from uh, like the Princess and the Frog, and obviously Frozen and, and Tangled, where it's a it's a she she knows what she wants. She's very strong, uh, strong or you know, strong willed. Um, she has her future. She's got her eyes set on it. She may not be perfect, you know, because obviously even you know Moana struggles a bit through the film, but that's mm-hmm. good for her character. Yeah. Uh, but she's very pro- very proactive compared yes. to some previous princesses. And yes, so to definitely. have to have the idiot sidekick is. An interesting choice, but it, yeah. it mixes it up for for what is a pretty standard plot. If we really want to take a look at it, it's a mm-hmm. it's a pretty standard plot. Um, that that that's where that art, artistry and creativity comes into play. So by mixing it up with the stupid animal sidekick and and the fact that there isn't a true villain in this, there's the antagonist that is Maui and them working together. It's it's. It's interesting because the the other dynamic that 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 feels like is Ralph and Vanellope being antagonistic to each other but going for the same goal. It's a very similar pairing, right? Um, yeah, and it's interesting because this movie begins, and th- this was one of my thoughts that I hadn't realized it uh, during my first viewing, but it was more during this second one. The movie begins with uh, with first off with a massive exposition dump. Uh, there's a lot of exposit, like a lot of like, hey, here's all the background you need to know in order for this to make sense. And it's going to take us like 20 ju- minutes to get through. That's not just the beginning. If, and I'll no. let you keep talking. We'll get back to your point. Don't forget your yeah. point. You're talking about the beginning of the movie here. I want to point out, since you brought it up, yep. there is 30 minutes of exposition dumps before yeah. this movie kicks off. And it's and it, it I did not remember that at all. And sitting and paying attention and analyzing the film, it is one scene after the other of exposition of of, oh, here's information you need to know. Uh, we're going to open the movie, setting up the history of our island. Okay, now here's the history of the people on the island. And now here's the history of you. And, and here's the history of the... And it's it's yep. 30 minutes before the the movie gets going. And now there are other movies that take that long to to reach that turning point where the, the adventure begins, certainly. But it felt longer <laughs> that it, it felt like it took a long time to get started because the movie does not kick off until she leaves the island yeah and the fact that it takes 30 minutes to get there it's a little bit of and, a, i'm just 
something and, I and noticed. It, 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 it feels, it almost feels like a completely different movie once she leaves the island, too. Oh, sure. The, the hard cut just... comedy starts as soon as, yeah. the, one of the very first things that happens once she leaves the island, you get the blackout of her hitting the sea. Hey, hey, falls off the boat. She dives in, boat goes away, and boom, she's back on the boat. Like, right. the comedy even begins at that point. And it's one of those where, you know, this is, and we do, obviously we we always kind of talk about the story and the structure of mm-hmm. that. And I kind of wonder if there wouldn't have been a better way that they could have done some of that exposition. Like I, I mean, so it was nice knowing, and this is, this is going back to my point from the beginning. The movie starts off making you think Maui is the bad guy. True. Yes. They're, they're yeah. giving you, they're giving you the setup of this character that he was a demigod who went out and he took the stone, you know, and like, it, it's just the way it's the way that it's shot, the way that they're telling the story. Uh, it all comes off that he's a bad guy. So then to be introduced, like reintroduced to him, I guess, the at once once the story picks up and gets going, and he is still kind of a douche, but he's not <laughs> the villain that you expected him to be. True. Uh, he, he's he's funny. He's he's a little you know he's a little goofy and he's got his problems and he's dealing with it. But whatever, like he's not the bad guy you think he is. Right, he's he is the antagonist though, uh, and it's it's a very neat way of of telling this story. One one of the criticisms I had of this movie initially was that there wasn't a Jafar or an Ursula or a character or a Scar, a character with a very clear cut villainous motivation. Right, they mm-hmm. broke up the villainy between the force of nature that is uh, Tafiti turned into Takai and. And Maui, who is just the, he's the catalyst for the problem. He is antagonistic. He is selfish. He goes on a journey himself as much as Moana does. And that's far more complex character storytelling than you typically get in movies like this. And it works better than previously. I'm, I, I like Frozen. I just want to be clear about that. I know people <laughs> gave me a hard time about that because I am a defender of the movie. I do see its faults. So I'm going to fault it right now, but we still want to be clear. I like Frozen. Um, <laughs> it it is faulty in how it does its villain. It couldn't commit to Elsa being the antagonist and Hans being the villain. They learn their lesson from that by very very clearly. Maui's the antagonist, but Tafiti or the the island is the 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 evil that must be defeated. It's separated right. very clearly, and that is. Yay, they learn. Good. <laughs> that, that makes this movie superior. Yes, definitely. At least at least in that respect. There are five I, non-speaking I, I, roles in this movie. Wait, okay, so what? The island? So, hey, hey. Yeah. Tafiti, hey, hey. Pow the pig. Maui's pig. tattoo. And the ocean. Oh, I, f- I didn't even think about Maui's tattoo. How, Which, how great okay. is that? The half, oh. More than half the cast has no lines. Like you get a couple of like of right. the island, and you and hey hey obviously you know, but for the mo- none of these characters have words coming out of their mouth. That's incredible. That five cast members, that's a they saved a lot of money on uh, voice actors. <laughs> oh, definitely. And you know what? And those characters, they're they're not any lesser of a character either. Like in honesty, they are all strong supporting characters. That yeah. Are 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 easy to understand. They get their point across, um, mm-hmm. which just goes to show it. It really is. Again, I made that comment that the ocean felt like magic carpet from Aladdin, and it's just <laughs> a testament to the directors that you know that that had to been uh, that was 
like a, a subconscious or a, a conscious decision in my point or my guess. Yeah, look, look to carpet. Yep. That's how you pull this off. Because yep. any of these characters, yeah. the, they, none of those characters need to actually speak lines to convey mm-hmm. any piece of information. I love Maui's tattoo yes. because it's all just expression. It's all facial expressions and like and like very kind of cartoony, um, like not comic booky, but very kind of cartoony animation style. Oh, certainly, uh, it's and, it's hand drawn. Even yes. this movie is like ninety nine percent CG except for the hand they. 2D hand drew traditional animated Maui's tattoos, which is I, crazy because that's a it, lot to take take uh, to, it, to be involved. Definitely, with. definitely. I oh, I that that it was it's the hand drawn or sorry it's the the tattoo on Maui and it's also during Your Welcome, um mm-hmm. that that sequence mm-hmm. the. The style that they that they like to bounce around between, because that whole that whole sequence, once he starts describing all the things that he's done, uh, you know, for for the Earth and humans and all that, and mm-hmm. it kind of goes into this like, I, I I was trying to even try to like what the what the similarity is or what the what a comparison would be, but it goes into this kind of like flat two D or like cardboard cutout style almost as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, during the number, and it's the three D characters interacting with this two D hand drawn. But still, there. I. It was a really nice and very interesting and very different mix of animation styles for just a song, and it was mm-hmm. perfect for that song. Like I, I it, you know, yeah, that song could have been done in an entire three D environment, but I liked that kind of just different approach and different style that they decided yeah, to they, do with they, it. They broke it up, but I, part of me wonders if that is taken or learned from, or they liked the aesthetic of doing that in Winnie the Pooh, which is the. The Baxen song is suddenly chalk on chalkboard, yep. and it's the the animation changes. It, this certainly isn't the first movie that's done the the multiple style of animation, um, right? And it's uh, it it works. I love uh, if actually I really like that song. It's the showstopper uh, in a sense. It might not have the bombastic feel of something like Never Had a Friend Like Me, but or uh, going down the bayou if you want to go to Princess and the Frog. But that is our that is our fun introduction to Maui you get his entire characterization as he is now versus how he was in the beginning in a course of three minutes it's and you get him like hey I'm gonna leave you here I'm taking your boat and she's just smiling yeah. like wait wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> that's what it reminded telling. me of it's thank you story. you ain't never had a friend like me it's it's the it's the montage-esque, or it's, it's the way that they did that, where, mm-hmm. you know, like, the background kind of just goes to, like, solid colors or gradients, and they're kind of just popping in and out, and they're not, they're obviously not in the Cave of Wonders anymore during that. It kind of leaves mm-hmm. for the number. That's what this reminded me of, but this was just an extra step up. Uh, they went with, like, a little more, uh, yeah, just not just the flat backgrounds. They just went with a little more real. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what it was. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, TC. See, <laughs> this is, I sit here and I mumble. And yeah. you speak I, Jeff, I, and you understand. I, play, I back cleanup, yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. But it's worth let's let's talk about the music here. So something I find fascinating about this is that it's written by the the Broadway dude right now, Lin Manuel yep. with Hamilton. Um, what was it before that? Uh, In the Heights. Like he's the Heights. he's the go to guy. Interestingly enough, he was working on this before Hamilton hit it big. Right. Yep. So it, so it's actually kind of this. Like Disney, Disney got lucky basically yeah. by being like, well, he's Somehow. he's kind of yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I mean, he because he had won he had won um, an Emmy for In the Heights, Tony. So he Tony. yeah, or Tony, sorry. Um, so he had you know he had some acclaim, mm-hmm. and obviously we're going back to the we're going back to the Broadway style of music, which 
was very successful for a lot of Disney's um, Renaissance era that we discussed. But they it obviously was Disney trying to go for a modern Broadway because nowadays, like, yes, it worked. It worked too because this. Uh, where I will criticize some, well, I'm, I'll pick on a different movie, Pocahontas, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Hunchback of Notre Dame in particular feels mm-hmm. too Broadway. It feels Andrew right. Lloyd Webber. It's a bit alienating for how Broadway it feels. Right. Moana, and it's due in part because Lin-Manuel is shaking up what the traditions of of um, what people consider Broadway musicals are. Uh, there's 11 songs in this movie, and it doesn't, <laughs> feel like too much music right and all the songs feel very organic to the plot and to the characters and it seems and it's more seamless than some previous films yes i'm talking about frozen (laughs) (laughs) well what's nice about it too is that the music every every one of the songs doesn't sound they don't all sound the same Basically, that's what I'm trying it's, to say. It's the right blend between what Frozen did and what Tangled did. It's that right, right in the pocket of it's. Yes, it has a Broadway feel to it, but it doesn't feel too theatrical, uh, too stagey. Um, uh, organic is again the word I'm going to use to to describe how these songs feel. And the music and is it, good. The music is the music, good. The music is good. The music is catchy. The music is, and I just. First off, can we just can we just say the the song "Shiny," uh, <laughs> song by Jermaine Clement, is obviously a David Bowie ripoff song. Oh, can we just it, admit that, right? Yeah, you don't <laughs> not, have not to a rip-off, admit. It. Sorry, Lin Manuel specifically said so that he wrote yeah. it as a David Bowie song. So you don't have to don't have to feel cautious about admit, <laughs> about saying that. Uh, "Shiny" is a great song. I I do want to make a complaint though hmm. about. The big number, the I want number. No one knows how far I go. That song's reprised twice, so it's played three times through the course of this movie. Eve, it never feels complete to me. It does not have the closure of a song like Part of Your World. It doesn't have the arc of a song like Let It Go. I still like the song because it's a hell of an earworm. I can't, and even just someone mentions the word Moana and suddenly I'm like, I can't help but sing it. But the song feels in, incomplete. Even that final reprise where she finally says, I am yep. Moana. Like, yep. that's a very powerful moment, but the song still doesn't feel like it hits its end. Why am I wrong? I, it could just no, be me, but you're there's something wrong. about it, Jeff. <laughs> because in my head, I could honestly hear the song just continuing to do a key change, like up a half yeah. a key, like just because it, it, it does that, it, and just keep going. And like, nope, this is it. This song just never ends. It just continues to go a little higher every about mm-hmm. minute and a half, and that's it. That's what it does. <laughs> it's it, it's similar to and this. This is gonna be hard to describe because it's a visual thing, but. Uh, and it's an auditory thing as well. I'm not going to hum it best I can. Hans Zimmer, the way he constructs his themes is he overlaps key changes so that the song is go. It builds, 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 builds. And about halfway through that build, he starts the build over again. Build, 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 build. build. And that's why his songs constantly have this like forward momentum, but never reaching a climax. And that's how I feel about the no one knows how far I'll, how far I'll go. It's a it's a fantastic song. Lin Manuel knows how to write an earworm, but there's something yes. about it that does <laughs> not put it at the same level as something like Part of Your World or even Bell or 
some of the uh, traditional uh, go the distance, even if you want to stop picking on uh, picking on the girl songs and go for the do. Um, oh yeah! Oh wow! <laughs> There's something it about it. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what that is, but the music is still good. I'm I'm really conflicted about it because I like it. And, and if, the music and I, is still good, and that's the only one. That's the only song I feel like is that way in this movie. The rest of the songs have very much the. Um, uh, have have good endings to have good solid endings as much as going as far as that the the, the finale piece of music definitely mm-hmm. felt very reminiscent of the Lion King especially with the way that it ends because oh, it's doom. it's the yeah it's the building drums up and everything's really happy and mm-hmm. it's all dramatic and cool and then the character like turns to the camera and it's it's a, it's the drum hit title like into <laughs> the title card and yeah. then we start in the Alessa Cara version of uh, how far I'll go. Yeah. <laughs> so let's not worry about the credit songs. <laughs> I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. This might be a, a, a little bit of a controversy that I'm going to say this. I this is my favorite uh, Lin Manuel orchestra uh, stuff uh, music. His set. I like this more than Hamilton. I like this more than In the Heights. Interesting. And uh, I know that some fans out there right now, of especially Lin Manuel, are like, "How dare you, sir?" But the thing is. <laughs> I, to me, Hamilton sounds like a lot of spoken words set to music where it's like, Jeff, I'm going to tell you now about the thing. Yeah. Like, and everybody, not... you'll be able to see T.C. DeWitt's Hamilton be released in the town time between episodes, shows that we're going to be doing. Uh, just, just, uh, just an observation. And just want Oh, sorry, that was funny. Because <laughs> now I'm picturing it. I'm totally picturing me, the me trying thing. to riff Hamilton without like I. I'm just gonna go off memory, guys. <laughs> Is that cool? All right, good. And uh, it's somehow okay. six and a half hours long. We don't we don't know I just, how. I just keep going here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it seems like TC. It seems like your version of Hamilton just never stops. It just keeps going. Yeah, it there's just no keeps there's no ending and to building it. And building. <laughs> Oh, okay, we're pretty let's... positive halfway through. He started singing "How Far I'll Go" too. We don't, we don't, we don't know what that had anything to do with. He was just uh, trying to fill time. I, I don't dislike <laughs> Hamilton. I just very much prefer "In the Heights" over it, and as well as the Moana soundtrack over it as well. Uh, but let's 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 back up here. This mm. is a second attempt at almost an identical story that was Pocahontas, a, a okay. chieftain's daughter princess a a a non-white culture um the water is the metaphor for what the desires of the main character are um an old grandmother who imparts her wisdom upon the protagonist uh it's there's there's a lot of parallels between pocahontas and and moana and moana just does everything way better <laughs> and it oh yes and it does go back to that uh, having polynesian people be involved in the process um, and the, and and this isn't the first time we Disney has delved in this. Whereas Lilo and Stitch was specifically the island of Hawaii, um, Moana here has has gone to all the mythology of the Polynesian islands, and and having the the people of of the islands involved in the creative process as much as possible. Taika Waititi wrote the first draft of this script. The director oh, really? of What We Do in the Shadows and Thor yeah. 3, yeah, uh, Flight of the Concords fame. Taika Waititi wrote the f- original first draft of this movie. He he parted ways for a bit of creative differences. Uh, his script initially was about Moana being the only daughter in a, in a family of boys and trying to find her place in the world. 
Um, and uh, he, he departed respectfully and without much problem with Disney as a whole because he went on to be a very important director for their Marvel universe. But uh, he's of Maori descent. Uh, the Rock is of Maori descent. They, they did a good job of inclusion in this movie as opposed to culturally appropriating it. They're not quite right. there yet because <laughs> though Musker and Clements are legends of this library, they are still two old white guys. <laughs> we're getting there. But we're you, getting there. But we're getting there. You know, give 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 Hollywood a little bit more time. Give Disney a little bit more time. We'll we'll get it figured out. You know what they, well, they, they, they they're <laughs> in the right direction at least. So and and even the story being a safe one of a journey there and back again style journey that it didn't delve too much into. Uh, while while the culture plays a major role role in the film, it doesn't uh, delve too far into. Uh, basically, Disney's not going to touch colonialism in American history any more than they've already done it because they've got tickets to sell to their resorts. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but what's, what was nice though about this is that I like that this movie didn't take place in a modern day. I mean, oh, really, yes. I guess you you don't know when this takes place i'm assuming it's supposed to take place i'm sure there's someone out there who's charted the stars that are in this movie and figured out the year it takes place (laughs) we should totally get a hold of um uh oh my goodness no i feel like an idiot i completely i completely spot spot uh never mind doesn't matter never mind this the (laughs) african-american scientist guy everyone knows neil degrasse tyson thank you oh my goodness because he was the one that pointed out that like uh, the stars in titanic were incorrect for the year and the time that it was supposed to be. You heard that story, like, wait, yeah, exactly. To the point where, like, Jim, James Cameron went back to Titanic and digitally altered the stars wow, so they would be correct. Yeah. So, but like, we just we just got to get him, and I'm pretty positive we asked him when Moana takes place, and he'd be able to tell us. Actually, I'm yeah. gonna look it up right now. I'm sure the writers are also decided when the movie takes place. Uh. <laughs> but I like though. I do like though that it's 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 set in this. In this just era, like this unknown time that's not now, and it's it still totally works. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like oh well, it would have worked better if it took place in a more modern time. I like that it's kind of just it's an it's... area that Disney hasn't hit before. It's an area we haven't really seen in movies because mm-hmm. I didn't know any of this sort of thing because this is all based on actual like mythology, um, mythology, yeah. right? This yeah, is, this I like is I didn't Polynesian know that and Maori mythology brought brought to the screen, which is uh, a you, we, we, this is not something that's touched in in major cinema, hardly at all. So this is a a nice step forward in in terms of inclusion to a, to a people. Um, and it, and it certainly takes place pre-colonial, right? There's no uh, European influence on the characters per se. Uh, and uh, historically, the the islands in Indonesia um, were there was heavy heavy exploration between the islands for centuries and there was a hard stop and it's actually this very it's this, it, go check this out you can find information on this through wikipedia as well as some cool youtube documentaries that the the pacific islands had some of the most um aggressive exploration in in human history and at one point it just stopped and there's no archaeological explanation of why it happened and it was just this aggressive exploration of all the islands, and then boom, they just stopped. Uh, it's this really cool mystery of history. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. And it's the, the then so this movie is kind of like. Do you think that this is that's what that's what drove the plot of this film was that they were trying to give a reason why they why that uh, exploration had just stopped? 
Possibly. It's it's Possibly. very possible that they, they played on the ancient myths of Maui, of uh, uh, Tafiti, of all, even Moana herself being named after a myth. And a lot of the stories of the myth and the trust of Polynesians that they had involved in the process were activists and documentarians and uh, uh, literary scholars uh, that could all bring this culture to the, the movie the best they were able to. Um, while still being a Disney monster. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that. And I, I see um, so many Disney movies aren't, you know, they're not based on, like, I guess it still is a fairy tale. I guess, I mean, really when it comes down to it, it's still much like all the other Disney film, not all of them, but a lot of them that are based upon either existing work or is based on a fairy tale or a story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess it's really not any different than that, but I like that it's, it just, it opened, seeing this movie kind of opened my eyes to wanting to know more about this sort of thing instead yeah, of instead of it just being like, oh, it's another princess in a castle in somewhere in, in Europe. Like, okay, whatever. No, it's, it's something that we've credited before. I credited Mulan, Mulan for this. It's that delving mm-hmm. into a culture we haven't seen, specifically in this library, it's nice to break away from what is, what is rather traditional of this. Um, what, uh, by... Not just this. What this movie does is it offers us a look at myths that aren't familiar to us as a, a general culture of people of moviegoers. Because how much how much do we know about the Greek myths? How much do we know about even the the Roman and the Norse myths? That right. to to delve into the myths of of this of this culture, it's fresh, it's new, it's not something that has been mainstream before, and it's neat because it's new stuff, like the that Maui's the one who pulled the the land out of or the islands out of the ocean, that he pulled the sun down to to make the the days longer. Like everything that Maui says in his song are all Maui and uh, Maori myths. And that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's becoming a tongue twister is what it's becoming. Uh, it's starting to get very hard to keep track of a lot of the characters' names. There's a lot of mm-hmm. M names and words in this movie, and it's yeah. hard to just keep it's track cool. of all of those. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to point out that I and I forgot about it. I forgot it was a part of this movie. It has a post credit sequence. Yes, that's right. Again, a fourth wall break too, <laughs> a f- and a fourth wall break that acknowledges a previous Disney work. Um, but I com- I had completely forgot that that happened. I as 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 I know I've mentioned on here, but whenever I watch movies, I always watch it all the way to the end of the credits. I very rarely will ever stop a film in the middle of the credits, mm-hmm. um, even if that's just like it's playing in the background. And I'll get up and you know get another thing, you know, get something to drink or grab a bite to eat the credits are still rolling i had gotten up yesterday to start making dinner while the credits were rolling and then it ended and i heard jermaine clements start talking and i went wait what oh that's right there's a, oh, i forgot and i came back to it and i, I love that he's sebastian and i had a yes. caribbean accent you wouldn't be looking at me like that <laughs> i love that this this movie has a lot of really good funny like one-liners or reactions um, from characters. A lot of them do tend to be from uh, Maui, but uh, the the crab definitely, definitely, when he shows up, he's really entertaining during that entire sequence. <laughs> he's, it's a good show-stealing scene to have uh, him in and have Jermaine Clement do the voice. He brings a cadence to the, the character that probably want to come from a different style of comedian. Uh, and the comedy in this movie is great. I don't think this is... 
one of the funniest. I wouldn't even go and no. call this a comedy up front. It's it just has a lot of humor to it. I am going to uh, deduct some points for two P jokes. Okay, and, thank you. And the Twitter reference. <laughs> Granted, it's oh, the rock man. selling you... the joke, so I, yeah. I I am a bit forgiving because if anyone's going to sell it, it's going to be him. When you do it with a bird, it's called tweeting. Like It's called tweeting. It's that, those two moments, I have them both. I jotted down both of those as well. Um, I'm like, okay. And neither of those moments are necessary, and they do, they're do they not needed in the movie, especially when there are other good just, like, one-liners. Um, like, um, uh, Maui making a comment, like, if you start singing, I'm going to throw up. Like, that <laughs> that moment, I love that line. And then when uh, when they're going in to go, or when they're going to go into that underworld right before they find the crab, mm-hmm. and Maui jumps in the hole first. Mm-hmm. And then like, after a beat or after a couple beats, he screams, "I'm still falling!" Like that—that that is hilarious. Yeah, that's there. That's a hilarious line. I love some, that. Sort yeah, of thing. I, I'm completely on board. There's some wonderful, wonderful comedy in this movie. I'm uh, just you know turning my nose up at the Twitter joke. And oh, it's yes. funny. There's two P jokes. One of them works. One of them doesn't. The one that doesn't work is when he's like, when the water turns warm, you go in the right direction. She sticks her hand in the water and she's like, hey, it's cold. Oh, it's turning warm. Oh, you're gross. Like, yeah, that's eh, pretty low, bro. But the one I do like is when the ocean spits her out on the deserted island. She turns around and goes, fish pee in you all day. <laughs> <laughs> that That's funny. <laughs> that's funny because they're using it as an insult. They're not trying to get you laugh by being like, "Huh, he's peeing in mm-hmm. her. He's peeing on her hand right now." Basically, yeah, is what's get happening. It? Yeah, get it's it. A, it's a little yeah. low brow, but um, it's another another bit that cracks me up is the the Kakamora, the coconut people, because that's <laughs> so, oh, they're kind of cute, and they, they wipe their faces and they have the mean faces. <laughs> Uh, there's a that's such a cool dynamic set piece. I love that those they, those characters they're in they're out whatever they do their part. Yep. But um, it's not just that they're these goofy little coconut monsters, but they even move a little almost stop motiony. They yes. they don't have the fluidity of anything else in the movie. There's just something just slightly different about their movements that adds to the enjoyment of their of their even their existence. And that definitely works in this film. They again going like like when I mentioned earlier about the the the, the your welcome sequence having different types of animation style in it. The those coconut people being animated a different way. There is a monster in the under realm that I that is animated stop motion. It's not stop motion, but you can you watch his the, the character's movement. It's on for just a brief second. It's one of the ones mm-hmm. that come after Moana and she, and she runs away, but it's animated like a stop motion character is animated, and I love that a little attention to detail because <laughs> it's there's something off about it, but you don't immediately know what it is, and yeah. that just adds to the, the the character. It adds to not necessarily the charm, but it adds to. That that moment and it's very memorable and it's helpful to be memorized. Those flipping coconut things, that whole sequence feels like, yeah, it feels like it's a scene <laughs> out of like Mad Max Fury Road. Like that's well, the first is, thing I think of. It is. If you if there's a little bit of uh, so who tweeted this at me? Someone tweeted at this at me. It was a Mad Max that it is legitimately a Mad Max Fury Road reference. 
I'll, I'll bring it up when we get to the comment section. Because I it's, will give you the credit for tweeting whoever did. Because <laughs> it's so it's so that style, and it's this just scene where the big drum these, even. Doom, 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 yes, doom, doom. and just these like many ships and vehicles that are all like coming after him. There's like a big chase through. It felt so much like Fury Road. Yeah, that, that again, that not way. necessarily a bad thing at all. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting and funny. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of movement, the way that Tafiti moves um, as the uh, when she's Takei, that the the the, um, the the volcano monster, right? Yep. The uh, actually, I want to say the name correctly. Let me just get it up. Riffing, talking, Tafiti, talking about Pele. things. While <laughs> the, the movement, the movement of 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 Tafiti when she's the volcano is just a. It's I love that she pulls herself like when Ursula is on the boat, right? When she's cr- like army crawling to chit and and yeah. uh, just the, once again, as it, as is typical of all these movies, as we continue to say, this is a beautiful film. I think I may not put this musically up there with one of the best movies, but visually, this is one of the most beautiful movies in this entire library. Uh, oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. Oh, and last week we were praising like how pretty um, Zootopia was, and like yeah. how Disney had really started nailing, and how I felt that Zootopia was solely just for them to go look. We can create snow environments and sand environments and in jungles. Um, mm-hmm. This movie and like and, and, and Tangle looked gorgeous, and Big Hero Six looked gorgeous. This yeah. movie is just there is something about this. There's a there's like a. Um, nah, there's like a, there's like a subtle opacity to the skin that in the sunlight that feels right. The mm-hmm. way like after like the way that when um, when Moana pops out of the sand and her hair is dried and frizzled and just little <laughs> flecks of sand like that looks perfect. That looks amazing. The water in this movie is amazing the and it cl- looks the gorgeous. Hair, like there's the hair on Maui is amazing. the hair. Yes, and that's what like, it's it's. It is. I mean, obviously, it, it kind of it has to be. But up to this point, it is easily one of Disney's most beautiful films, at least in the CG era of yes. Of, yes. of their films. Because we've obviously there's some of the older ones like Cinderella is still a beautiful looking movie for it being a, you know a traditionally hand drawn film. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one definitely uh, definitely just gorgeous to look at, and I never. I if there was anything that kept me watching this movie, that sounds like I hated it, but I didn't. But like if there was anything, just without fail, I would always just be in awe of the way this movie looks. It, it is a credit to the film, just on a technical level, that if a movie is hard to look away from, that's good. And even if you're not engaged in the, if you can, if you were like in the other room looking at the TV, I feel that this is a movie hard, that's hard to to not want to look at because of how gorgeous it is. It's certainly has to do with the the setting itself being not just a white blanket of snow <laughs> right um and also not being a once again a place that we've been to before it's not a, a once upon a time forest uh, tangled is a great film we both agree on that but its location isn't the most unique uh, so that's uh and then you know let's and moana herself is is a a wonderful amalgamation of a lot of characters we've seen before but she's not not typical uh to other princesses of her type but honestly the 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 character she reminds me most of is anna from frozen her her awkward okay. her awkwardness the i was just well i mean i mean i just gotta i'm gonna go over here now <laughs> it's that adorable adorable geeky quality in her is it's it's typical to it's it's similar to what anna was like in and that made her a fun character as well. 
But uh, which, which, what's nice about that though is that that character, the that character being that way, that having that character trait, makes them. I feel like makes them more relatable. It makes yeah. it be that anybody, because you can sit there going like, well, yeah, I've done stupid stuff like that, or I've acted that way, or <laughs> you know, I know somebody who acts like that, and it immediately grounds them in a reality where even though there is a demigod that's that can turn into anything and can, there's a giant mountain that or a giant island basically that they have to go fight at the end, um, but even with all <laughs> that, it still makes you connect to Moana a lot faster. And I like that that's the direction Disney goes. Yes, I like yeah. being able to f- have a character that I can go, yeah, I could see myself or somebody else like that that I know. It's it's wonderful. Because this being a traditional The Chosen One story, you risk that. You risk making a character uh, one that you it's harder to connect with by grounding her, though she is The Chosen One, uh, and she follows those tropey beats every step of the way. Right. Uh, giving her her she's a very complex character she's very determined she's very stubborn you can see where she gets her qualities from the people in her life her mother her father and her grandmother all have instilled something in moana that she carries with her her curiosity her uh and her faults as well the fact that she nearly gives she nearly gives up three or four times over the course of this movie from the beginning on but that uh, that tenacity that she has is is great. It's an adm- admirable trait, and it never feels too easy. Though she does have an ocean that is gonna just Deus ex machina whenever she's she needs it. <laughs> it also it also doesn't at times, and 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 she has to overcome quite a bit. She continues the trend of what I have painted as the revival characters in our discussions. Jeff is the is the characters who have to overcome something in themselves, change themselves because the world isn't going to change for them. Uh, right. Granted, changing who she is at her core, she's not completely changing who she is. She's she's learning who she is, which which is the theme of this entire movie and it's constantly said in one in one way or another, this movie constantly asks, "Who are you and who are you meant to be?" Right, it's it's what Moana asks herself. It's what her family's asking of her. It's what Maui has to go through. It's even what Tafiti is going through of who who she is as a goddess and what she's meant to be. Uh, th- that's the theme of the film. It's in the lyrics. There, uh, you know, uh, it calls me. Uh, there you are. Uh, we spend the whole movie following these characters who are trying to understand the their inner selves. Um, much more so than trying to change the world, that they need to just accept who they are, right? I mean, we, right? We, we every individual spends their whole life trying to figure out. Maybe not everybody. Everybody's trying to be somebody. I feel, and then you just spend your whole life actually becoming who you are, right? So, just getting that in a microcosm <laughs> well, of a two-hour movie. Well, and I mean, also having characters that think they know who they are, but also, but then still developing and changing for the better. Because I like, I like that Maui comes off. Like I, I mean, listen to Maui's song. His song he sings is "You're Welcome." He's an arrogant you know? jerk. <laughs> He's an arrogant jerk, and I like that his that he acts that way. That's who that in his head. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. Down to the point where, like, he when he leaves, you know, he he is always seen himself as that type of person. So for even him to have a character like a like a like an arc of realizing, huh, maybe who I've even seen myself as. Is incorrect. I 
you know, I like he he softens a little bit and he realizes, hey, I'm not actually like I shouldn't be like that. Yeah, he, um, he actually is 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 subtextually I feel angry at Moana for changing him when they get to the island and they fail the first time and he breaks his his I went to all the trouble to get this back and you broke it and I I, I let my defenses down to become uh, no and he and he runs away when he yep. does come back uh, I guess another Deus Ex Machina because he's literally a god uh, <laughs> he says to her for the first time and g- genuinely so you're welcome. She thanks him, and he says, "You're welcome," and he and he means it. And it's not arrogant. It's not this his cocky attitude as as we saw when we met him, uh, trapped on the island for a thousand years. He's changed right. and for the better, and that's wonderful. He 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 went on a journey just as much as Moana did. Yep. Yeah, uh, and that's I liked I I liked that journey that he went on. I liked that. I like that subtle reversal. I mean, it still is, like you said, it still is the same type of a journey that that we've seen before and what Moana goes on, but it's just a little different. It's a different approach to it. And that, trying to find new ways to tell the same old story, because come on, let's face it, everybody, there's no original stories anymore. (laughs) Nothing's original. I mean, really, I mean, you could argue, be like, oh, this film was was really original in the way they did it. It's like, yeah, but it's probably also referencing subtly like another concept that was done mm-hmm. in this other form it's so, like nothing's original. i've already <laughs> i've already said it's not it's not i'm not reaching grassman straws here it is very comparable to pocahontas in in many many ways it just found a a unique way of of touching on similar themes and going through a similar journey uh something that i i really really like about this is the and this is a small thing is just how the the message of of destiny and fate and the calling between Pocahontas and Moana is different in that final conversation with their grandmothers. Grandmother Willow uh, says, "You know, you had your dream. You have to you have to figure it out. You have to figure out what your dream. It's on you. It's on you to to save the day." Whereas uh, Grandmother Tala says to Moana, "You know, maybe it was too much to put this on you, and I'm sorry." Um, you can you can go home if you want. It's up to you. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a nice it's a different message to give to the the children who might be watching this or the individuals who might be watching this that it it doesn't all rest on your shoulders. Sometimes you you just because the call of destiny destiny's calling to you. It's up to you to choose how you answer. Maybe you know, right. maybe I'm maybe I'm stretching that a little bit, but um, it's. It's a little more mature and complex of a message than something like the Once Upon a Time, It's Your Destiny, You Gotta Do It of previous films. Right. Well, and again, yeah, like you said, that that makes it a lot more um, approachable by... More, with a character like Moana being more human-like and having a moment, or more human-like, being, <laughs> um, being more of a regular person and not that fairy tale-esque princess or character we've gotten so many times in the past but then and also having moments like that it makes the movie it makes the movie more accessible that's what well, I was she gets to, to choose she gets to yeah. choose Gra- her grandmother says i never should have put so much on your shoulders as opposed to grandmother with willow who says you're obligated to do this it, your dream said so right that right. that's very touching and and much more human. I'm just gonna go with your your <laughs> human works, more, guys. Human is an okay thing, <laughs> but because because that is instilled in her from one character to another, from the mentor of her grandmother to her as a protagonist, she gets to choose, and right. that subtle change in the story is is beautiful. It's wonderful. I, I love that 
aspect of this. Uh, and it makes Moana that much more of a character, like you said, that you can be relate that can be related to. Right. Yeah. I mean, I relate. To, I relate to more to Maui myself. Um, if I'm being honest. Well, uh, it's because yeah. you're you welcome. are a five foot one guy with <laughs> bulging muscles and tattoos yeah, all over your body. You know, people don't get to see a lot of images of me, but I am that big. I am that strong. Guys, yeah. if yeah. you guys really, if you guys and gals, mm-hmm. especially the ladies, if you really want to know what CC <laughs> looks like. Just picture the picture Maui. Yep, that's me. I, on the other hand, look like Hey Hey, <laughs> with the two crazy eyes and just the, the the weird look on my face, constantly falling off a boat. It's not a really good look. I, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to put that in your guys' head. Yeah, well, let's reel it back here, Jeff. Let's let's reel it back in here. Uh, um, there's there's a great moment with grandmother that I, I made a note of that I hadn't even remembered, but when it happened, I was like, wow, that's really neat. And it's when she dies. We don't get to see it on screen. But when Moana is finally taking the boat past the reef, she looks back and there's that, and all the lights go out on the island, and then right. the the luminescent stingray goes underneath Moana's <laughs> boat. It's this beautiful symbolic visual symbology of of grandmother passing away and entering the spirit realm. It's it's really a really and neat it's subtle. Way to you do can that. you can yeah. easily miss it. You can easily not realize it. I mean, she comes back later on in the movie as a ghost, yeah, or as a spirit. But that moment, you, it's very possible to miss that connection. Yeah, that that's it, what happened. And it was really neat. But it's so beautifully done. Also, Luminescent Stingray is the name of my ska band. So. <laughs> Just actually, it feels like no, you know, no, no, no. It's not my ska band. It's my emo punk band. Oh, okay. Luminescent Stingray needs to be an emo Stingray. punk band. <laughs> Everybody coming up next with their hit song, mm-hmm. "Fishy." It's Luminescent Stingray. Yeah. Yay! <laughs> Fish hooks in my soul. Here we go. Fish hooks in my soul. Here we go, guys. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh, All right. Man. So with having I so TC, there is something I do want to uh, briefly talk about because I know it's uh, it's gotten brought up a couple times on this podcast, mostly okay. by me. Yeah. But there is a theory. Ah, okay, everybody. Okay. Mm, there, theory there is time. a theory. Yes. Um, that um, I can never remember. I oh, dang Nevit. What is what is uh, uh, the cl- the crab's name? Um, oh, man, it's the one I didn't write down. <laughs> okay, hold on. I, I got it here. Uh, it starts uh, with uh, a T. Uh, t- Tamatoa? Tamatoa? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Tamatoa. The theory is that he is Genie's former master from Aladdin. Whoa, I have not heard this theory. Okay. Have you not heard this theory? Support this theory. Okay, so Tamatoa is the former master of the Genie of the Lamp. Interesting. Okay. One, and what spawned this theory is that the lamp is attached to the back of him. Okay. It's mm. one of the golden, shiny objects that he had. Shiny. Okay. Yeah, which I'm going to have to go listen to that song, by the way, after this, after <laughs> we're done recording, because that song has been stuck in my head since we brought it up earlier. Uh, but so the, the, just to kind of help expand upon it, so this movie supposedly takes place 3,000 years ago. Just an undisclosed, I did find it. It's just an undisclosed 3,000 years ago. Okay. Um, Tamatoa's character is a very large, very, like, not powerful, but just very large character. Mm-hmm. Very, very big. 
what is Genie's like first lines to Aladdin? You're a lot smaller than my previous master. Oh, good. I like that. Okay. Right? <laughs> um, and, you, and you see how big he is compared to Moana, which is human size. So, yeah. Right. He's a giant character. Mm-hmm. And so what did he love? He loved, he loved <laughs> jewels and diamonds and, go- and shiny things that right. could have all been things you could have potentially seen in the Cave of Wonders. Uh, you know? Okay. So oh, and boy. and there's nothing against it that says that the genie couldn't have create you know couldn't have uh, granted him all that jewelry and all that all those ability all that power or not power but uh, that sort of thing because that's within genie's wheelhouse for what okay. he could have uh, could have done so the the there's a little bit of a gap in this theory but the th- the idea that the the lamp is on the back of Tamatoa's uh, shell um, genie's likely in there. Because he because Genie makes the comment that ten thousand years will give you such a crick in the neck. Now maybe he's not actually stuck in that lamp for ten thousand years, mm-hmm. but he could have been stuck in there at the time. Because how else would Tamatoa have been able to rub the lamp anymore? He's a giant crab creature, right? And it's okay. on his back. He's not going to be able to get it. So <laughs> Genie's stuck in there, and then just at some point, and this is where this is where the theory doesn't necessarily hold up, just because there is no connection as to how the lamp got from. The Polynesian Islands to, Arabia. in theory, Arabia. <laughs> right. So that's the only part of it that kind of is a little weak of there's a, a missing. In, in there's the a theory. missing step in your in your map yep. here. Well, but can I, can I, that I, is that is the popular theory right now. Right, I'm go- I'll throw one more thing in the mix there. The okay. Carpet that the Islanders throw <clears throat> on top of hey, of uh, Pau has yep. similar markings to that of Magic Carpet. Yeah, I do know mm-hmm. that one too. That so see, is, like, okay. you never know. You I like that know. one. That's a that's a fun one. We will have to take that into consideration next week when we have our our all of our connections made, mapped out, right? Yes, yes, um, man. I'm, I'm gonna, man. I have a week to come up with all that stuff. Oh, man, <laughs> we'll work together. Be so much. We'll work we'll together on this. Yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, good. <laughs> I have another theory for you. Actually, I have two okay. more theories for you. Okay. Oh, ooh, so, uh, you know what? I'll build off of yours. If Aladdin's lamp is on the back of Tamatoa. Okay. So that connects to the the land. I'm going to connect two more movies. Tafiti looks remarkably like Fantasia 2000's Spirit of Spring and has very similar abilities. Could they be the same spirit? So that's that, that, I posit that to you just because they are remarkably close to one another. Um, if if uh, that sequence in Fantasia 2000 is supposed to be Mount St. Helen, that means it takes place in a more contemporary setting, which means Tafiti, 3,000 years after the fact, somehow ends up uh, in, the, in the Pacific Northwest of America. So th- it's not too far of a, of a journey for a, a spirit. She just got a lot smaller. Yeah, she just she kind of shrank a bit. Uh, yeah. it's, that's all that she did. <laughs> uh, and if... Uh, Okay, this this one's a stretch because I have seen some people uh, theorize about this that there's a Lilo and Stitch connection between um, Maui possibly being the the fish that Lilo feeds the sandwich to because Maui can control the weather, so then therefore the fish can control the weather. So there's a little bit of a fuzzy one there. Um, the only hmm. connection I like in terms of Lilo and Stitch to to uh, Moana is that. Just like Leo, Lilo uses a leaf to help a turtle get to the water, so does baby Moana. So that's, a, that's true. Might just be a, an homage. There's that. But here's, here's the big theory. 
Here's the big thing okay. for you. So uh, for those who might aren't familiar with the channel on YouTube, there's The Film Theorist. He yep. has done many a Disney theories. Most of them are, are pretty, like, dark. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're like deaths and, and the, the, the dark implications of some Disney movies. But the one he did for Moana is actually pretty fun, which is that Moana is Maui's daughter, a demigod daughter. Um, because and okay. the, so the evidence of this is that uh, Lelo Tai, where uh, Tamatoa is, the underworld is inaccessible to humans, right? So how does right? He, he, I mean, uh, uh, Maui himself is even surprised that she survived and she's dead. Yep. <laughs> oh, she's dead. and then <laughs> oh, Tamatoa himself is like, "What are you doing down here in the underworld?" Right? Um, uh, the ocean is constantly helping her out. Moana's name literally means ocean. Um, and that goes to tradition of the Maori mythology, which is you name the demi, you name the gods after literally what they are. So Tafiti means wind. Uh, yes, uh, Pele means volcano. Rangi means sky. Uh, grandmother Tala, Tala, is the goddess of the stars. Grandmother Tala is Moana's grandmother. Which right. would mean Sina, who's that's her mother's name, which is not mentioned in the mo- in the movie. Uh, Sina from the myth was with Maui, and Maui killed an eel for her and buried it to thus create coconuts. Which means Moana's dad in is her adopted father. Maui and Sina were a couple that created Moana. So that is the. Cliff Notes version of that theory. I highly recommend checking out the wow. for, for the Yeah, I need to always, check that one out. Yeah, he, he always breaks it down into very scientific terms. It's it's fun and silly, but it's a, it's a neat theory to think. It explains a, quite a bit of things like why the ocean is very is so very helpful to the chosen one. But yeah, uh, so yeah, because really, there's no reason for that. There's no unless there's another. Unless there's more to it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So there's that. I, you know, like this. To, to just discuss Moana just a little bit more, the, like the necklace she wears, the spiral that is the the heart of the ocean, uh, that's on the sail of the boat, that's that is the karu, which is from Maori tradition, and it represents um, a the unfurling of a fern, of of the fern frond, of a plant, and it symbolizes life, and new beginnings, and personal growth, and hope, and start, and perfection, and rebirth, and awakening, and purity, and all these like beautiful things that Moana represents by the end of her journey. Um, so the the fact that she's this rejuvenated spirit of a demigod seeking out her father and not even realizing it um, just makes it a, a potentially more complex story than they initially, or that they ended up giving us. So whether you subscribe to it or not, it's just a fun notion <laughs> that Dang. Moana is there. Well, <laughs> but we... Jeff, we need to decide if that if we're gonna say that she is, or if we if we subscribe to that theory enough, she then enters into the wizard zool. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, so I will we have, have to, to watch the I'll watch the film. Do, yeah. I, do we decide right now? No, no, we don't have to decide right okay. now. But okay. those <laughs> listening can also tweet at me uh, if you subscribe to this, or if you disagree, or if you just want to see her in the wizard zool and get taken out in the first round. People <laughs> 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 yeah. just being like, she has no magic powers. What she got? She got the power of water. What is she? What is that? That's all she's got? And she can't That's even really control got. that? Get out of here. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. So all were right. there any any trope or any, well, I guess, did you have any other theories? Well, or? 
Well, I, there was no other theories. Mm-hmm. I do have a couple of tropes for this movie, though. Nope, so, there weren't any. There weren't uh, any. Yes, there was, DC. Um, <laughs> you already know, number one, everybody at home, say it with me. Perpetually Barefoot barefoot Protagonist. protagonist. (laughs) Yes, there we go. Everybody, I heard everybody shout that one Mm -hmm. at, oh boy, that's that's good. As if millions of voices suddenly shouted out, saying, stop it. Um, (laughs) um, Of course, we have Animal Sidekick to the protagonist. Yep. Mm-hmm. Had the court multiple animal sidekicks technically. <laughs> okay. Um, this was a, a little a little lesser of a trope. It's it's only appeared in like a couple movies. I can only I off the top of my head I only ever actually thought of one other one. But okay. I'm like ah whatever we'll do it. But um, the protagonist gets a vision from a dead relative. Oh okay. You have that helps push po- him forward. Pocahontas did it. Uh, Lion King yep. did it. So you yep. at least have two. This is a, I, 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 it's this a conspiracy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> you have more than enough examples. <laughs> so that's why I was like I was like eh, this one doesn't happen a lot, but it has happened enough times, and especially in recent years, or you know mm-hmm. within like the last twenty years. <laughs> um, and then uh, uh, actually, and then well, and then the last the 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 character grows up during a song montage. Um, okay. We've had that yeah. before. That was again a little weaker of a, of a trope, but then um, yeah. So that's it. I, that's well, really I had. I have I had one. three solid ones and a four. Ooh, yes. What is it? I have that's one. You something. missed it. I'm not surprised what you I, missed it. What did I, what did I this, miss? This might be a stretch as well, but I, because that the the behind the scenes literally says they did it intentionally, I get to claim that you didn't get to say it, but I get to say. It. Oh. Yeah. Did you notice any similarity when Moana wakes up on Maui's island and how her hair looks? They reused Hannah's mm. oh. waking up in bed moments. Oh, wow. I just connect, made that connection. <laughs> it's funny because I had already made the note that she reminded me of Anna. So when that moment happened, I was like, hey, that's a lot like her waking up in bed uh, when Anna wakes up and her hair's all and she's drooling. They didn't recycle the, the, the assets completely, but it is, a, it is definitively, because of the behind the scenes, definitively an homage to specifically that moment. Definity, definitively, specifically, other words that say, there you go, that's true. Recycled animation. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, we haven't had a uh, we haven't had a recycled animation in a long yeah, time. Right? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. busting out a long dead trope that we, we used to have. <laughs> Revived it. <laughs> Would you say, I, we don't even have to agree on this or not because we know it's true, could you show this to kids? Yes. <laughs> I yes, absolutely. know more than a few people who watch this religiously with their children. Um, yeah. The, then the question remains, is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely, it's de- there's nothing in this movie that's bad that kids couldn't watch that it would be entertaining, I feel like, except for that first 30 minutes of just massive amounts of exposition being thrown mm-hmm. at you. Once Moana gets off the island, the next hour and 10 minutes is fun. It's fine. It's enjoyable. It's funny. It's bright. It's actiony. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of good moments in it. It's a, it does have a good lesson. I like that lesson that we discussed of that Moana, you know, just because she's the chosen one doesn't have to do it. She can make up her own mind. She can make, yeah. you know, make her own decisions. Um, I like the fact that she is a strong-willed character. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's a good character to to, to have. Uh, I was gonna say little girls, but that that type of a character in the world in a movie in general is good. It's a good you role know, model for both. For sure. It's a good role model for anybody. It doesn't matter. Just being strong-willed and you know, you do what you feel is right. Do it. Come on. Yeah. You know, one hundred percent. This is a movie that it's good for kids. Like it. 
not going to annoy the hell out of you like some yeah. other similar movies are. Uh, on our uh, actually, I'll go to the comment section right now if you want me to. Oh yeah, let's head, do head it. That direction over it. at Facebook.com/slash/TopshelfPod. You can see all the episodes that we have posted in this 56 movie library, and you can rebuttal <sighs> to anything we have to say, anything we have said, anything you want to elaborate on, and uh, and we'll we'll discuss my our our deep thanks to the the continual comment section that we've we've maintained over the course of the series next week yes but for this movie specifically uh to further our point that this movie's perfect for kids thomas th- thank you for for your your comments here my two-year-old nieces my two-year-old nieces think that this is the greatest disney movie ever and they're rarely wrong about things like this <laughs> so there's that uh Schulze, and i'm aware of this one um this is his son's oscar's favorite film he asks yep. to watch it daily uh, he goes on to say it's so good. Maybe he says maybe the overall best soundtrack. I mm. I have admitted I like this soundtrack quite a bit, uh, but I'm going to disagree with you on Schulze. That I would disagree as well. Yeah, it's the, a good, and I love Ham. I love Hamilton. Mm. I'm one of those people. <laughs> like guys, I, I it, Hamilton just makes me happy when I sit and listen to it, <laughs> um, and it's just good catchy. I just yeah, I like Hamilton, but. Mm. Overall soundtrack, I think the Renaissance Renaissance wins out in in terms of soundtrack. When you think of Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, Aladdin. Yeah. uh, Overall, I think those songs, eh, time will tell. Maybe in another 20 years, we will still continue to sing all the songs from Moana. But uh, I think what actually hurts this, and this is very, I'm going to just have to be admit, this is very white of me to say this, it's (laughs) hard to sing along with the songs in a foreign language. And I'm not trying to, I'm not being a, a hole about that. I'm just being honest that I think that may play a part in whether one would argue this is a better soundtrack than something, say, like Little Mermaid, which, or Beauty and the Beast, I think Jeff, you would argue, is, is better. Um, yeah, Beauty and the Beast still is great, still though. my favorite. Still, <laughs> great, still great, though, across the board. That I, he, Schulze, you're not wrong. There isn't one bad song in this soundtrack. And you can't no. say that about all the Disney movie, musicals. Right. Um, Let's see. See, he does have a, a question here. We'll, we'll indulge you on this, Schulze, but this may be one to, to elaborate with in the comments section. With the grandma, does this add the Star Wars Force Ghost into the Disney animated world? Sounds crazy, I know, but the blue hue, actions with the environment, and other similarities. It could be introducing that to the world of Disney. Ah. <laughs> uh, <that's... laughs> okay. He does say it's only a semi-serious question. I'm going to say... No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, because, I mean, does that technically mean that the glowing green rock that is supposed to be in the center Whoa. of the island... It's a is kyber crystal. A, yes, exactly. <laughs> we'll, leave that to de- we'll leave that to debate in the comments section. Uh, yes. Fritz. Uh, we, we shall just leave this here. Now yes. play. Bye. Now play. Uh, Fritz uh, commenting, I don't recognize the name, so thank you. If I was going to say, that name sounds yeah. new. Yeah, so Fritz says, my wife loves this film, despite the fact that she can't watch Moana's, Moana's grandmother die without bawling. Mm. It is a very touching moment. De- de- definitely a big fan of the music, and it looks beautiful. I think The Rock is a good fit and sings surprisingly well. <laughs> uh, he does. He does. We've already talked about how charming The Rock is. Oh, you know what? I just remembered. He has a fourth wall break, too. When he picks up Hey Hey and goes, Boat Snack, he looks out he looks at the camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I forgot he did that. <laughs> um, oh, here's a here's something I didn't catch. There's an Easter egg reference to 
the deer, the reindeer from Frozen. Is that when? Yes. Is that when uh, um, Maui is tran- when he's transforming? Yep, he's transforming into like a whole bunch of different animals, and um, he transforms into. Sven, right? Because that's Sven. Yes, that's right. Okay, yep. so it is for for like a brief I just second. Just looked it up it's, here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well caught. I missed that one. I must. It must have been a blink and you miss it moment. Um, yeah. Uh, so Wyatt's another one of our regulars uh, for commenting here. Uh, says mm-hmm. Moana is the first Disney princess to be seen assisting her people. Pocahontas at least put her people's needs before hers, and the rest are be- are beloved by all their royal subjects. I guess is Moana the first one to. To assist her people, that's a, I think that's a fair argument. I can't think of any off the top of my head just in the moment here. Have any other previous Disney princesses been so proactive with their people? Hmm. I mean, Elsa. I mean, <laughs> Elsa and I, I was going I was gonna say. I mean, now, like, I guess, I guess it depends upon um, the level of uh, proactiveness, like, or what what exactly it is that we're trying to. Compared to, because I mean, what about like Pocahontas or what about like Mulan? Yeah, I mean, I guess was any of that was that was that more for other reasons that wasn't necessarily to, like help her people or help. Uh, I like that. I'm gonna yeah. have to think about that one. Why look for my comments? Uh, I'm gonna respond to you on that one because that one's worth some thought. That's that's a good. That's well observed. If anyone else listening wants to chime in on that, hit up the Facebook thread. Uh, he does have a question for you, Jeff. Mm, yes. What could, is the question? Could you please give your favorite line from this movie in your Nicolas Cage impression? <laughs> That's a, that's a request from the fans. If you have to give the fans what they want. I'm still falling. <laughs> that's all I got. I got I was, Bravo. I was going to like, I was like, like I, I could not just face off. I couldn't. Uh, <laughs> oh, I guess the chicken lives is another funny one. That one's funny. <laughs> Dang that. All right. <laughs> uh, really? Thank you. A blow dart in my butt cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that uh, Aaron you. all thank caps you, Aaron Williams says took his family to see this Moana on Thanksgiving the music was so great one of the siblings gave the newest baby girl the soundtrack for Christmas when the baby would cry not even a year old the other kids would know that meant the baby wanted to hear Moana and apparently it would work so that's great uh, <laughs> uh, Natasha says amazing movie the visuals in this movie are breathtaking and so gorgeous. I, we very much agree with you on this. Agreed. Uh, yep. There's such a heart and imagination and creativity to this movie. Again, we agree. Moana is likable, smart, and relatable person, and the chemistry bo- between Moana and Moana is so great and so natural. Uh, the songs in this movie are catchy. Yeah, all the pr- all the praise that we have we have have given this movie as well. We totally agree with you, Natasha. I I, I personally always like it <laughs> when we read the comments and it and turns we agree. Out that, and we're just like, oh yeah, we completely it's agree very, with everything. It's like very it. validating, yes. It is. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> our our hashtag friend, uh, hashtag Scarstar. Scarstar. Like Mary Poppins, you guys. Practically perfect in every way. Uh, now, I, Scar, Scarlet, I have, to, I have to just assume that you are brilliant enough to know that Lin-Manuel Miranda is in the new Mary Poppins, and this is a meta reference to that, so 10 points awarded to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait till we uh, rack up all the points we awarded all of our listeners next week and <laughs> rank them on the episode. And uh, it's uh, just Scar so Star, <laughs> apparently. Will, there, oh, and then we have one more question right here, which is of all the movies we've watched in this I set, where do you? Ra- how did we get this far and you didn't ask me? 
I know, I know. <laughs> well, okay, we got so a little sidetracked in things. So. Actually, this is a fair point to do this because, uh, and and this this will be a longer episode like it always is when we reach the end of a set. Uh, yep. Jeff, we have to rank our movie now. Where do we put it in this grouping of six? And then let's discuss, let's wrap up this era and this set as a whole. So first okay. off, where are you putting it, buddy? So this one was... Um... This one wasn't necessarily hard to mm. to put into place. I will admit, though, it moved up a spot during the last hour and 20 minutes okay. of us talking. Ah, um, just because the more I actually kind of sat and thought about it, and I, I've been looking through the list, looking through it, like it's a big, long list, but I was looking through <laughs> the previous five films that, we, that we've had on here, and just the more I thought about it, the more I realized this is my number three. I'm just gonna come right out and say that. So okay. it's knocking, it's knocking Winnie the Pooh down. Um, it's still above Zootopia and Frozen. And again, it came down to I would, I would happily watch this again. You know, yeah. um, I like the, I like the small amount of humor in the film because whenever there is a joke, it, it, at least in my head, it lands really well and very yep. solidly. So that's good. Um, despite the troubles of all the exposition in the first half and it taking, excuse me, and it taking a while for the story to get going. If you look past that, once the movie gets going, it's a really fun movie with fun characters, good action set pieces, like a nice emotional moments, a lot of good jokes mm-hmm. and some really, really catchy songs during that. So I, it's, it's, it's got an even balance in my head of good and bad, mm-hmm. um, you know, like like uh, pluses and then faults. But, so that's why in my that's why I put it at my number three, just because it's kind of a good middle of the road movie. That it, Big Hero Six is still funnier, and I love the action scenes in that. And Wreck It Ralph is just <laughs> it's Wreck It Ralph. It's a great film. Sorry, it is really is. And so those two movies just Moana doesn't touch those films. But it's also not like it's nowhere near. It's nowhere near the level of, of my opinion on Frozen. <laughs> <of> TC. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's my number three. I'm going like right in the middle with it. Right, right. in the middle. Okay. Well, uh, for for my take on this, uh, they, when I sat down to rewatch this movie, I wasn't quite sure I was going to enjoy it as much as other people do enjoy this movie. I, I mm-hmm. tried not to go in with a chip on my shoulder. I tried not to be that, I don't like it because everyone else does, which we've, yep. we've complained about uh, earlier. And I found a lot more joy in the movie than I expected. Uh, the humor lands nearly every single time. I love that this is um, the joy of discovering of self-discovery, you know who you are, right? Uh, that that this offers, it, it intrigues me, and and wants, and I want to know more about these myths, which must be incredible for the people that this, that the that are ancestors of Polynesian descent. That to have a movie that's not just self, not just representing them, but also opening a door of of interest that I may not have ever even thought about before. Uh, I think that thematically that this movie isn't as risky as Zootopia. Uh, well, Zootopia, is a, that's a risky film. What they, what they chose to talk about in that movie is, is not, it's a touchy subject, right? The touchiest mm-hmm. that Moana gets is, when you really look at it, it's a movie about climate change, which really ticks some people off. Right. People who don't like to listen to scientists and legitimate studies. 
I'm showing my true colors by talking about it that way. But the as far, but that's the touchiest, touchiest it gets, and that's subtextual. This movie plays a little safer, but it also does things very, very right. When you look at the Renaissance era and the musicals, uh, it, mu- right, it does a lot of things right in terms of the Disney musical library, because not all these movies are musicals, right? Right. Uh, it does so much stuff right from the Renaissance era. It skips out a lot what was wrong with the latter half of the Renaissance. And it, and it even approved upon stuff that Tangled had done, while also fixing some of the missteps that Frozen had done. So I... It's the when looking at this at, at this set of six, right? It's we only have two musicals. We have Moana and we have Frozen, right? Winnie the Pooh doesn't count. I'm not really, <laughs> right? Um, and when it comes to representing the Disney musical, which is more traditional, it's the thing that people think of first. Moana is is f- superior to Frozen um, because it it doesn't alienate. It doesn't uh, make dumb errors in how you're going to present a story when it comes down to it though i don't love this movie like i love wreck it ralph it's it's i'm putting it Moana at my number two long story short okay oh i'm putting it above i'm putting it above zootopia because it, it comes down to that decision of which would i rather watch right now right. and though i i do really really admire zootopia that's why it maintains its number three spot that's why i put it so high last week I'd rather watch Moana. Moana is an uplifting movie. It it has the perilous journey of uh, that Moana goes on. It's beautiful to look at. It's got some great humor in it. It's got so many good things to it. But Wreck-It Ralph maintains that number one slot for for those reasons and then some. Um, I've, the, I, I don't know how much more I can say specifically about that I've made my decision. It stayed at number two. And you actually helped me make that decision over the course of this conversation as well, Jeff. Well, I'm happy to have done that, TC. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. In all fairness, you, like I said, like I said before, it moved up. It was going to be my number four. It was going to be underneath Winnie the Pooh for me. Oh, but wow. listed, like talking to you uh, about the film and just a lot of its, a lot of the good things about mm. it made me kind of rethink that and made me kind of question and put it up on a little bit higher. Yeah. It's just um, a, it's just a great movie it just it's a feel-good film and it's and it's the tra- tradition of so many disney movies before it where it's it doesn't and i don't sense any problems in it that make me go like eh, well i'd rather watch something else it's just a happy right. film it doesn't surprise me that there are nieces and nephews and sons and daughters out there who want to keep watching this movie over and over again for all the reasons we've discussed and that it doesn't annoy people like some other movies do. <laughs> yes, yeah, it definitely does not. It's in in my book, it's not, it's not a very annoying film. I think this movie would have been more for me at least would have been a little, would have been more tolerable to have watched on you know at nauseum <laughs> with my nieces <laughs> on repeat. But you know, I don't know. I will never know because it's that's never going to happen. But mm-hmm. it still it 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 is a, it is a fun film. It's a very fun yeah. and enjoyable movie. And it's a and, great way to end this series end of this set we've we've reached the end of this library we've reached and uh, we've but specifically we've reached the end of this grouping of six we aren't going to get 10 like we've had previously um and this was this was a good chunk of films um we have a we have a question we'll we'll discuss last week about what our favorite era was um but thinking about this grouping to go you know wreck ralph moana's utopia big hero six frozen and winnie the pooh 
Those are all good. I, I, I felt like this movies. was going to be a tough, tough uh, grouping because they're all good in their yeah. own way. We didn't have we didn't have like even the last era or the last list of ten that we had where we were you know we had that extra era in the early two thousands that were just kind of like what is Disney doing <laughs> you know these aren't good movies or you know what's 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 happening with this we didn't have that we had yeah. a solid six movies this and this, calling this the revival era was very very apt yes. because it it the what what we've we've discovered over the course of this of self-sacrifice in in several of these movies for love uh, of characters that have to change who they are instead of trying to change the world or wait for the world to change for them this journey of self-discovery is disney went through it too they yep. struggled with their identity as a company and over the course of these past 6 and 7 8 9 10 films they have found themselves uh, not ju- just like the characters discover themselves, Disney did the same. The world wasn't gonna. The world had changed for Disney Animation Studios. The world had changed to CG. It had changed to superheroes. It had changed to uh, different types of cinema-going experiences and how people absorb content more from uh, through binging and whatnot. Like the world had changed, and Disney was trying to do the same old thing. And then they were trying to compete with those changes. And then it came down to changing who they are as a company at its core to create six genuinely solid films. And if we go back a little further with Tangled and Bolt and even Princess and the Frog, they have gone through this, a similar journey of self-discovery as a, as a machine, as a company, that the protagonists of all these movies did. And that's amazing. And it's, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a change that they went through, but you can still see that Disney's no Disney to me no longer feels like a, the company that we're going to just keep doing this for 25 years and we're you know cuz well it's a, it's a formula that we do and it doesn't you know it ain't broke don't fix it um <laughs> but you see that every movie that they've made in this revival era there's something new they're trying they're not you know yeah it's it might be the same you know we might have seen this story before but there's they have a slightly different approach to it or they're trying it in a new way they're trying to you know do we put music in this we don't put music in this one you know is there is it more comedy is it more action is it more dramatic is it a darker film is it a you know like it's definitely you can see them constantly trying to change yeah. and trying new things and i do appreciate disney doing that i appreciate the fact that they're not stuck in their old ways and they're not moving out of that um, sometimes, well, but sometimes that that not, that that constant changing can be a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can sacrifice the quality of the film, and you can definitely. I'm not saying that's not uh, a real possibility, but it's still nice to see that they are taking a shot sometimes. Yeah, and and I feel there's even th- those risks that they're taking that you're just speaking of, Jeff, are are indicative of the growth period that they had between having Laster come in and kind of smooth things out and then take a step mm. back. Because I don't see Laster's hand in this movie. I see no. a, a, a plenty of homages to what came before. Musker and Clements are the legends that they are uh, for the movies they've done, for good or bad. And the company itself doesn't feel like a singular voice anymore. It feels like it's more inclusive now. It, having the trust of people that came in to help make Moana and being able to, okay, we made a mistake by calling it Princess and the Frog. Someone say something and we will listen. Tangled, frozen, yeah, like learning from, uh, learning as a, as a whole, it goes way back to the traditions that 
well, I don't even know if it's fair to say that there ever has been an era like this because Walt Disney was the head of this company and he made the he was the end all be all and you could see his right. hand in all the movies he was involved in. When you got to the the Dark Ages, it was this who's in charge here? All right, Roy's yeah. arguing with Katzenberg over here and and uh, <laughs> and then you get to the you get to the Renaissance era and it was Eisner and Katzenberg and they were making the decisions and they were the end all be all. And that could only sustain for so long until there was infighting and the machine broke. And then it was, again, the Dark Ages of, like, who's in charge here? Laster came in, and whether it's the Pixar method, which you, again, I will plug their book, Creativity, Inc., to see how mm-hmm. they developed as a company, or if it was just the learning process of failure, they it feels now that, yes, there is a committee that makes these movies, but at least the committee doing it are invested in making good films. Right. I hope, I hope, Jeff looking to the future, that Wreck-It Ralph 2 and Frozen 2, two sequels back-to-back, and you know how I feel about sequels, Jeff. My hope is that this era that we are existing in now maintains that creative collective voice that I feel we've just experienced in these past six films in this particular chunk and the couple before it. Lots well, of talking. That was beautiful, that was, TC. That was lots I of talking. Sorry. Whoa. Uh. <laughs> Guys, it began the episode with me crying. You've got to end it with me crying. This, well, this is it, horrible. You know what? What? That's that's fine. What are we watching next week? Let's let's jump. Well, to so that. next week oh, we're. Oh no. Gosh, yeah. I don't know what to do with this part of the episode. I'm <laughs> I'm so used to having to say. Well, next week, everybody, as we said at the beginning of the episode, in all honesty, next week we will be back for one final episode uh, where we're going to go over all those long-standing questions, the questions that everybody online has been submitting to us, mm-hmm. uh, the Wizards duel, just the our general our our ranking. What was our favorite decade? We have we have quite a bit to talk about next week. Yeah. Um, and then just kind of a general wrap up for the show itself. General wrap up. Um, yeah. I salute. So, so yes, yeah. <laughs> but so. No movie next week, guys. I mean, you, no if, you, if you if you want to watch one, you can. you can. Yeah. I mean, go find nineteen. 19- no, this is gonna be a uh, this is a this is a family podcast. Okay, I should have th- I should have thought of a movie faster. I couldn't think of a, a good one for a family. Well, here, go watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit, everybody. Come we, on, do that. We, we will toss up a a an, uh, like we do every every episode. We've told you what we're going to talk about. We allow you guys to yep. ask questions and comments that we can then discuss on the show. We'll do that for the finale as well. And now's your chance to ask us. Tweet. You can tweet at me at TC's Big Head. You can tweet at Jeff at Random Bell. You can hit up facebookcom pod. and you can ask us any questions. Like so, some people have been tweeting and sending us stuff to to just whether they're quick conversations or short ones. Like who's our favorite princess, or what was our favorite uh, sidekick, and and stuff like that, or what's the worst of this, or what's our favorite this. It's a uh, there's a lot of fun short questions that we will be asking of each other. Um, but if there's anything you'd like us to discuss beyond that, uh, feel free to comment or tweet at us, and and uh, also share share your final thoughts as well. We we will continue to engage you guys on the Facebook page for every episode that we've already posted. Um, yep. So any any new thoughts you might have if you go back to watch of a movie, please please continue. Um, but anything beyond asking us questions, if there's any final thoughts that you as listeners might have for us. Feel free to shoot them over to us, and we will we will happily uh, get to as many as we're able to. I I already can looking at what I have from listeners through Twitter. I already have more than I than than we may be able to get to, but we will try to get to them all. 
Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, so, TC, this, this feels weird. How do we end this episode? Of, <laughs> I, I don't know, but you know what? I just want to say, so far, this journey has been very fun. It and is. I thank you for, for, for doing it, and I thank all of our listeners. Again, we're going to come back next week where I'll get all sappy and emotional and sad <laughs> and crying and Nicholas Cagey yeah. all next week uh, for next week's final episode. But Just I everyone, guess then, everyone list all the impressions they want to hear Jeff do. <laughs> oh, that's true. We so, haven't done wait, impressions yeah. in a long time, TC. <laughs> it's been a very long time. Anyway, you were getting to something. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, I mean, I, if, if, if you got nothing else, TC, I got nothing else. So I guess that means... Do the sign off? I guess, yeah. So thank you, Jeff. Thanks for chatting. This has been a podcast. We've been the people you've been listening to, and this is our sign off. That's a very good sign off. It's a sign off. Oh, jeez. Thanks, Mr. Cage. Oh, jeez. Mr. Cage, I don't know. I'm a wizard's apprentice, and I'm magic. Whoa. I thought I was the apprentice. Oh, jeez, Mr. Who's on the poster, little man? Me, not you. My name's on it. Uh, I was in Doesn't Train matter. The Dragon. Apprentice Hoff. <laughs> this has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>